They're all saving one, or most of them, most of the Hampshire fielders are saving one. Somerset need one run. It's Edwards to Hildreth. He's there and bowls Hildreth, and he gets the run away through the onside, and Somerset have won. They've won the Royal London One Day Cup. Hello there, you're listening to Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. This is the Somerset Cricket Podcast. My name's Ian Shepherd, and joining me this evening, I've got Steve Tancock of somersetnorth.co.uk, the uh, the Somerset blog updated on a game-by-game basis, and it's well worth a read. I've got Ben Warren, the digital guru for Somerset CCC, and last but not least, the voice of cricket on BBC Radio Somerset, Anthony Gibson. So we've had one win and one loss in the Vitality Blast since we last got together. Um, I suppose to stay in chronological order, should we talk about the Sussex game first? Um, really, I think Tamar Mills and uh, Obed McCoy were combined figures of 9 for 65 from their 7 overs. Really did us in, Ben. Yeah, I thought Sussex played played really, really well on the night. I think Somerset weren't quite at their best in pretty much all, all, all three facets of the game, but I thought, yeah... That, in T20 cricket, you know, you, you're, you're going to get that, I think. And, uh, yeah, fair play to Sussex. I thought they, they, they really assessed the pitch quickly, batting, batting first and realised that they needed 200 around that and and they ended up getting more than that. So, um, yeah, Somerset, Somerset weren't, at, weren't at their best by any stretch. And uh, fair play to uh, so Sussex. There's two left armers in particular. They looked, uh, they looked a real handful out there. Yeah, it was a, we seemed to have a shout, and it was the couple of overs after Riley Russo was out. They went for, I think, sort of four and five, and we didn't keep up with the rate. And then we all know when the rate gets to sort of 10, 12, if you don't keep up with the rate, it just starts spiralling astronomically. Um, positives from the game, though, what do we, what do we look for? Well, um, just going through the card now. Obviously, Riley Russo, 74 off 30 balls. Are you, are you fully converted yet, Gibbo? Or is is part of your posterior still a little bit on the fence? I think, no, I think he's already done enough to uh, to justify his um, his place. I mean, he's averaging 92.66 at a strike rate of 191.7. You can't argue <laughs> with that, can you? 278 runs, you know, uh, you look at the best uh, Gloucestershire player, admittedly only from four mm. games, uh, Higgins, 118 runs, <laughs> averaging 39.3. I mean, it's been, he's been phenomenal. He's in the form of his life. And, uh, yeah, um, I think the problem with... The, the trouble was that even though he, he scored all those runs so quickly, 74 and 29 balls, the rate required rate was still up around above 10. Mm. And it's very, very difficult to ch- keep on chasing... 10 and over, um, even if you do have wickets in hand, against bowlers who were, as um, Ben was saying, were giving very, not very much away. It, the game was lost lost in the in the Sussex innings, I think. We were never really going to chase down 270 uh, uh, to beat them. Um, and in particular, that last over, sorry to have to mention it, but from March and Delanger, which went, <laughs> the last five balls went for 23 runs. You know, And that's, that's, that's not good enough. And 190-odd is psychologically less daunting than 217. I know it's not a huge number of number of runs, but the psychology of these games is is very important. And it was just too big a mountain to climb. Yeah, I mean, if you looking at costs, looking at the strike rates of the openers as well. I mean, Will Smead five from five, uh, Tom Banton seven from um, sorry five from eight. I've got runs and minutes confused on my scorecard here. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, Banton, 7 from 6. Smead, 5 from 8. Abel, 23 from 22. Lamanby 30 from 22. Vandermover, 10 from 11. So apart from Russo, Steve, nobody really got to grips with uh, with the Sussex bowling attack. I, I, most people will know I've missed this game just due to other things, but I was doing that thing that we all empathise with, but people you're with don't like, which is you keep your phone and you watch taps and you go, oh, what's happened there? And my my perception of it was we were always one wicket behind in that phase of the chase. You know, just when Riley and Tom Abel were building a partnership, we lost a wicket. And then when Lammers was getting go, we lost a wicket. And I think that I totally, you know, reading and looking back on it and skimming through the highlights, etc., 
a lot of people were saying about the bowling compared with Sussex's bowling. But as Ben said, you're going to have evenings like that. Um, I, I'd love to know the stats, but I would reckon it's a very low percentage that you chase over 200 batting second. And certainly if your two gun openers get lessons, uh, get single figures, you're making it really hard for yourself. But we come back to that. You know, I don't think anyone has ever won a group stage of any T20 competition, any in the world, won all their games in the group. It's just, it's, I say it's not possible. It's possible, but it's so, so, so hard. You know, and it comes back to my old baseball analogy. The reason you play a lot of games is because you are, you know, it's not as predictable as the longer form cricket or even the 50 over cricket. Um, and I mean, you've only got, and I'm not being disrespectful here, you've only got to look at Leicestershire, who've gone and beaten, I think it's Yorkshire, Warwickshire and Worcester on the spin. Now, if you looked at a form guide in championship cricket, you, you would get very, very long odds. And again, not to be disrespectful to Leicester, but the gap is narrowed between the good size. You know, how many people would have put money on Leicester winning at, at Edgbaston? You know, it's that sort of thing. The other thing is, jumping ahead we've seen that everyone on the top half of the table is capable of beating everyone else so yeah. to have only lost one so far and i know we've still got to play surrey and middlesex but it puts us in a really good position and if we lost four we would be in a very strong position in the group wouldn't we and i, and I think anthony made, makes a really good point about that that final over because i think it, it in 2020 cricket it's that momentum shift heading into the the interval as well, and I, and I generally think that had it been at around 200, I, I, I think Somerset would have would have really fancied chasing that. And I think that those extra, I don't know, let's say 15 runs, made made a huge difference in in what what's possible. Because I think it is possible at Taunton to chase 200. I, I really do. I think that the the pitch was really good, and and the boundary towards the Somerset stand is it was really quite short. So. You know, I think it was possible to chase 200 on that pitch, but I think when you add those extra 15 or so runs, it just makes a huge difference going into a chase, I think. And generally, when, when the chase gets up to sort of 12, 13, 14 and over for those last you know, five or six overs, you generally either get them, someone plays an absolute blinder, or you just collapse in a heap playing too many big, playing the big shots that you need to play. And I, you know, I think that's just yep. what happened. But as Steve said that baseball analogy really does hold true because in this short form of the game you it's very difficult to go through a group stage unbeaten and you're going to you're going to have blips which is why you know the uh, the Somerset social media um uh, not yours Ben the 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 replies and, and media. social media from Somerset Somerset fans sometimes you've got to take a bit of it with a pinch of salt and I was very much the opinion that you know you will lose games especially against good sides and good bowlers uh, that Sussex have so not particularly worried and uh, bounce back well against Glamorgan on Friday the thing with a good side and Anthony's just made the point very valid point that you know the worst sides in a division can beat the best sides as well when you remember the worst side in the division at the moment are the reigning champions and the second mm -hmm. worst side of Hampshire, who are really good. You know, I think we all, before the start of the season, I certainly had them penciled in in the top four in the South group. But the, the sign of a really good side is that you bounce back. And sort of segueing into Friday night, uh, people, were, people who saw both games were saying it was good to see that we learned we were bowling better. Um but that was, to me, that was just the, the complete performance. I, I loved every single minute, every ball of that game. It was just, it was just you, you sort of purred with satisfaction almost from the start, didn't you? And it's, you know, it's lovely to watch a game like that and not win and not feel there's a lot of jeopardy, but still really enjoy the cricket. Yeah, so Somerset um, absolutely hammering Glamorgan, um, winning by nine wickets with five overs and five balls to spare. Will Smead and Ben Green, the two stars of the night. Will Smead with uh, an unbeaten 94 off 60 balls and Ben Green taking 5 for 29 in his four overs. I think it's all universally agreed that we, we've got a lot of love for Ben Green on this podcast. He is uh, he is a cricketer who really is more than the sum of his parts. Um, and he, uh, he showed it uh, on Friday night. I actually... 
today I just did a little um, compendium of his uh, bowling stats this year. So uh, Kent, he took one for 25 or four overs. Uh, bowled uh, one over Which for four. Which is decent. You don't complain yeah. about that in this format. Yeah. Uh, had an off night uh, against Essex. Uh, one over for 14. <laughs> then two for 19 or three against Hampshire. One for 41 off his four against Sussex. And then the five for against Glamorgan. And then interestingly, I, I, I thought, well, we want to march at Delang as a bit of a, a girl with a curl. He's either good or he's he can be horrid. And what kind of struck me about Marchant's figures, so um, I won't go through the details, but basically Kent, he went at 13 and over. Essex, he took four wickets, um, only going for nine in his three overs, so going at three and over. Hampshire, he went at five and over, picked up a couple of wickets. Sussex, and then at Sussex and Glamorgan, he went at 14 and 10 and over. So he's he's never kind of in the middle, is he? He's never kind of going at seven and eight. It's either absolutely brilliant or pretty dreadful. Before before the T Twenty started, when Kevin James was at Taunton, Anthony asked him about Riley, and Kevin's comment was, "Riley will win you a couple of games." And I think Marchant's that sort of bowler as well, and. You know, you've got to have a mix. And if sort of statistically, if you looked at the relative standard deviations of all the performances, margins would be standard huge, deviations. Like mm. Well, yeah, because around the av- around the average, he's gone for three and over, and he's gone for 13, 14 and over. Mm-hmm. Whereas pretty much Ben Green goes for six, seven and over. Yeah. Now Ben Green is not going to take lots of wickets every game. Marchant will take you fours and fives, but he'll also mm-hmm. go for lots. And that's the that's the mix. And you know, Josh Davy, who you know, so there's a lot of love for Ben Green on this podcast. Even without Dan tonight, there's a lot of love for Josh on this podcast. And he's had a couple of rough outings. Mm. But you don't look at that. You look at the trend overall. And I I, I think I'm at peace with Marchant being in the side because if he has a bad game now, yeah, of course it's frustrating that last over against Sussex, but that can happen to anyone. But you know that he's going to rock up at maybe not Bristol, but maybe against Kent, and he's going to do a demolition job again. And, and mm. people with Tom Banton and Will Smead and <coughs> Riley, people say they're going to get out for single figures occasionally. They're going to cloth one to backward point or something. And everyone goes, yeah, that's okay. That happens. That's the game they play. Marchant is that sort of type of bowler compared to a batter if you see what I mean but I suppose the nature of T20 batting is you you have to be aggressive and the nature of being aggressive is that you will occasionally give a chance occasionally you won't get your feet in the right place you might lose your shape and and you'll give a chance and get out when you're bowling though you've got you've got 24 chances and if you you know if you do go at you know 13 14 and over is it you know, it, should you have been whipped out the attack before? I, I, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's easier to yeah. have a, a sort of a more, a more consistent game being a bowler because you've got, you've got chance after chance after chance to, to put things right in your spell. Whereas, then, sorry to jump back mm, in, but the psychology mm. of that is, if, if you are bowling the last over, you know, how often do we say, get in? The, you know, Triggs's favourite comment is, get in the over and get out the over. So he's saying, dot first ball dot last ball in the perfect world mm. but you know i'm thinking back to my own very low standard games we didn't play anything like this but i played baker cup games and played a few on the county ground etc you go for a four say you know in the first ball of an over that's quite intimidating and and it's you know if you're out you're out yeah i know but you can't do anything about it but you go four four six four start an over boy that must be hard and you mm. if you're bowling at you know a riley russo or a Tom Benton or a Tom Abel or Will Smead and you've gone for 10 in the first two balls I've got to say that's not a place I'd probably quite like to go do you know what I declare now I'll retire her mm. or I something I suppose that's the flip side of, of what I was saying just now as if you're having a bit of a bit of a stinker an off night as a batsman you 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 can just get out and then that's it if you like you say if you get hit for six and four in the first couple of balls you're over you've you can't you can't just put your hands up and say no thanks skip I'll have another go unless you do one of those funny tactical retirements that we might be uh, talking about in a minute. Get I think up. the interesting thing with 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 Marchant is is I guess the the variety that, that he adds to the attack and what impact that has on all, on all the other bowlers. I think if you look at the top T20 sides around the world, 
you know, that in his variety is the the aim of the game, and and, and Marchand does, you know, despite you know Rudolf van der Merwe and Lewis Goldsworthy done a terrific job, but there's no mystery spin in Somerset's lineup. So adding that variety to the attack, I think he, he might not always get the the figures himself, Marchand, but he does have give the other bowlers options to bowl different areas and 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 keep them fresh. When when rather than having four bowlers that are right right arm over bowling 80 miles an hour. And, and I think the other thing that that's interesting is Marchant always bowls the the worst end, and he always bowls the the, the horrible overs. So I think again, in modern, I think in modern day T20 cricket, actually, if you go for twelve at the, in the last over, that's probably about the average across the world. And I think sometimes it, it's because a lot of the other bowlers might have got out their overs a little bit earlier and a little bit more economical. Often on the scorecard, it looks as if he's the, the weakest of the bowlers, and actually, he's probably around about statistically average for for those overs that he bowls throughout the innings of the T20 game in modern day cricket. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, I, I accept all of that, um, but you need variety from each bowler as well. And Marchant's trouble is that if you know if he bowls a bowls a fast one, you know, short and it goes for four, you bowl the next one even faster. You know, probably go for it six. goes for four <laughs> even quicker. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas you know, you look. I've just been looking at um, Gloucestershire's bowlers. You know, um, Benny Howell, economy rate five point nine three. He hasn't got many wickets. Um, and uh, David Payne, who I think is one of the best T Twenty bowlers uh, in in the country. He's bowled 15 overs. He's going at 7.26, taking 11 wickets at an average of just under 10. And and those those, those two guys really mix it up, and and that's what you need from. And and I agree with, with Ben that um, at a sort of team scale, March and Delanger is part of that because of his pace. He, he, the whole bowling unit uh, are mixing it up. But I, I just think he needs just to. Try and apply a little s- subtlety sometimes mm. instead of just charging in and bowling, trying to bowl faster and faster and faster. And and if he's not bowling, his, his, if he's not going, getting his Yorker right, he shouldn't try and bowl it because it's t- too often it's either a full toss or, or, a, or a half volley and it's, it's going the distance. But I'd, I'd have him in my team uh, every time. But I think, you know, he just needs a hand on his shoulder and, and some, some sage advice. I, I didn't see um, Lewis Gregory in the game against Gaborgan. I, I take it, though, Ben, that he, he, he's fully fit and his his stats are really um, very good. I mean, he's, he's taken six wickets at 13, an economy rate of 7.2, which is better historically than he's done. Yeah, I think it's he, he's out in the out in the park. I, I, I don't know how, you know, if he's absolutely at his at his peak, but he, but he's out there and he, you know, and he seems to be bowling well. And I'd like to. I'd love to see him score some runs at some point. I think that that's that's something that you know. I think if someone are really going to challenge for for the for the trophy, I think they they, they need Lewis Gregory with, with the bat to come to the party. And I think you know he's got everything going for him. I'm sure he will at certain points. He hasn't really had the opportunity a lot. So, um, but I think that his form with bat could be really crucial heading into the second half of the of the group stage. And, it, and if we were to get into the to the knockout stages, having Having his experience coming in, at, you know, in the, in the latter stages, I think it's going to be going to be vital. So, um, yeah, I think he's, you know, his bowling's been 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 performing well. But yeah, it'd be great to see him uh, score some runs again. Just, I mean, going back to that the Gloucester game at Bristol last year, he won us the game with his with his bowling uh, at the death, and and he he does have the capacity. He's an intelligent cricketer, and he and he can mix it up. And you know, it would be it would be. Um, a real shame if, if he can't bowl as much or as as um, full on as as he'd like to. I I got worried because on the live stream, um, Peter Trigo said that he was talking to Lewis before. This is when he didn't come back on. Was talking to Lewis when he was down doing his pitch report, and Lewis had quote felt a twinge in his back during the mm. warm up. And I wonder whether he bowled his couple of overs and then just said to Tom Abel, this is stiffening up or something, and they didn't want to risk it. Mm. Because that, and the, the point I, I was really going to say is that Ben said, Marchant tends to bowl those horrible overs. Yeah, dead right. Wouldn't, and this is, 
it slightly frustrates me at the moment. I think we've been a bit too formulaic in our bowling. You know, when I when I captain schools or club cricket as a junior, I used to have a bit of paper in my pocket and I'd written down who was going to bowl which overs almost because in the heat of the moment, you'd suddenly find your best bowler and bowled his allocation of overs. And I think we've got to give Tom Abel some time because he is still learning T20 captaincy and it's very, very different from what he's used to. Reference his comments after the, the can game when he said his head was spinning after that. So maybe it should be, Martin, you bowl the third over. Martin, you bowl the seventh over. But, but batsman, you know, if I was prepping Gloucestershire and Kent for the two games at the end of this week, you know, and their stats people would be far better. You'd be saying, right, let's look at Martin. How can we attack him in those latter overs? So chuck him on early, especially if it's a pudding at Bristol. Give him an over when the ball's a bit harder see what he does just mix it up a bit you know bowl just mm-hmm. if boss just davies bowling really economically bowling throw some just something to make other teams go oh that's a bit different maybe we haven't got this sus yeah i mean a couple of people have asked us on twitter what our thoughts are about josh davie who didn't have the best night against glamorgan bowling the last over i mean was that as you say steve a formulate plan of how they want to approach their cricket because we did have craig in the side uh, who was released from England jail? We bowled his three overs, took one for seventeen, and then was available I think to bowl that, was that his last bowling over. Limit for the evening, I think that was his ECB mandated bowling limit. Yeah, three Conspiracy overs. Conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah, three overs. No. <laughs> but Craig's never. You know, if you look, look back to last season again, and I know we're talking formulaic in, in in that, but Craig never never bowled in the, the death last you know he was terrific up top wasn't he, in the, he was absolutely in, right. and that's where they saw that he could do the damage and I think you know you look at it and even with the likes of giving Tom Lamanby the ball in the, in the opening overs in this year which was a complete surprise I think to everyone who you know when he rocked up at, at Canterbury and took the first over I think you know they're, they're, they're trying to give their bowlers because you know Martin doesn't really swing the white ball so actually wasting an over you know the white might only swing for six overs or so they're trying to you know utilize the bowlers that, that, that can swing it in Lamanby and, and, and potentially Josh mm-hmm. Davies so um yeah I think I think you're right I think, I think you have to be adaptable in T20 cricket and you know potentially there have been some times where where Tom Abel's still learning a, a little bit about, about how to, to manage that, that, that bowling attack. But I think the, the, certainly in last year's comp and, and this year's comp, there, there does seem to be more of a plan in place how to how to get out of those 20 overs. And um, certainly I think... It, and, it's and the problem with having a plan, Ben, is if, if... And we are putting two and two together and getting 23. You'll see what I've done in a minute with shirt numbers. But... If Lewis does get an injury and he's scheduled to bowl the 15th and 17th overs or the 16th and 18th overs and and something like that happens, it sort of makes it really hard then because, not you know, you, it's not like you've got time to, you know, say to the 12th man, oh, come on and bring us on a drink or say someone's got a headache and bring some tablets on and you can stand there as captain and go, right, I can't bowl Lewis now, I've got to swap this. It's just completely frenetic. And I, can I just slightly change the subject here because i thought on because i i was here alone and i just well me and the cat and i thought right i'm gonna have a go at scoring this game the first innings the way polly Roden scores so when i was a kid and as you all know i'm maths and statistics i thought and, i saw that on you know, your picture with with the cat steve I thought that's the the yeah, linear scoring. i used to have you know i used to have the score books and then i got into the linear bill frindle polly way of scoring and my goodness, and I think as a, an accountant of my experience, I think I'm pretty good at you know being in meetings and looking at things and flipping numbers around. My God, after an hour, after 20 hours, I was utterly exhausted. And I know it's harder watching it on the live stream and than it is in the ground, but even so, and I wasn't doing all the stuff Polly's doing, which is saying something to Mark Tyler and hearing what Ben's got to say and listening to the commentaries and all of that. So, you know... I love Polly to bits. I think she's amazing. But having tried doing that for 20 hours, and I'll just say to anyone, if you're interested, get yourself one of those sheets, not for championship game, for a t- championship games, I reckon I could do it no problem. It's going to be a while before I pluck up courage to do it again. It's the DLS. Just, that, that, that's the real, when there's rain around and yes. Lewis Stern comes into play, that's when... Polly, it almost takes it to the next level in terms of the sheets that she's got to print out and get to the tap yeah. 
I mean, I there's the sheet, and I pride myself being an accountant. I know you can't see it very well, but I'm not very good on radio, I know, but I pride myself on being really neat. And by the time we got to about the 16th over, when Ben Green took those two wickets, yeah, the 16th over, I was like, oh, my goodness, what's <laughs> going on here sort of thing. So let's just say I didn't score the second innings. I just sat there and wrote the blog as it was going along, which I enjoyed a lot more. Steve, can I just uh, let you know that uh, Play Cricket Score a Pro is free and it's a lot easier? <laughs> I, I, no, no, no. I, that's not the point, Ian, because as a child of the 70s, the, I get so much pleasure in that. It's like I'd much rather read a book than have a Kindle. Mm. You know, oh, I, I, I agree. I agree. I for online, so I've scored. Know, yeah, I scored more games as a kid than I care to imagine. I've got in my first trip to the county ground. I scored Somerset against Kent in 1993. Yeah. Um, I scored the 1975 World Cup final for the BBC World Service. Oh, here we go. <laughs> he mentioned his photo with the Queen off off mic last week. Yeah, oh yeah. Now he's, he, I scored the World Cup final in 1975. It's always there's no point, Ben. You'll learn you'll learn this from this more and more. There is no point in trying to out cricket, Mr. Gibson. Is that the photo of the Queen when you got your OBE, or the photo of the Queen when you uh, met her somewhere else? I caught a lot of that Should conversation just call as him well. Sir Anthony from now on. Not quite. <laughs> Andy Nash has Andy Nash has given himself a knighthood. Yes, yes. Self awarded yeah. for services to myself or something. I, I thought it was a real Maybe. knighthood. I, I no, thought, no, I it was this. no. I thought, I'll oh tell you God, why. That. I haven't written to congratulate him. No, it's because <laughs> some hopeless cabinet minister got a knighthood, and uh, a load of people on Twitter just gave themselves knighthood as well. Yeah. Who was it? Um, not Grant Shapps. Um, so quite a broad field, if you say. Gavin Williamson, that was it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Gavin. Yeah. Yeah. Wonder how the vote of no confidence is going on. They got all oh, twenty nine minutes so, left. So Polly, if you're going, for getting us back on track. Sorry, Polly, if you're listening to this, I bow to your brilliance as always, but even more so after Friday night. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I wouldn't have a clue where to start with that linear scoring method. I'm gonna do it in the book. Play cricket score pro makes it so much easier as well, but. Uh, yeah, that linear scoring method is well, it's double dutch to me. We've done um, half an hour on this, and we haven't mentioned Will Smead's 94 off 60 balls. We haven't discussed it anyway. It was absolutely brutal and beautiful to watch. He's a strong boy, isn't he? He is. He definitely, he's got some guns on him. Um, do they have fines in the dressing room, Ben? Because I, I think I hope Riley Russo got fined for denying uh, denying Will, Will Smead his hundred. <laughs> I think he gave him one chance. He did, yeah. yeah. He sort of knocked that single down to third man, and then I think Will got a, sing, a single, and he went no, and he just smashed a couple into Gimlet's Hill. Job done. I think I'm right in saying that he got a 99 and a 97 in the PSL earlier in the year, didn't he? So he's still awaiting that. Mm first hundred i'm sure it won't jug, be long before he gets it but, jug avoidance uh, they call that jug avoidance pretty much fun <laughs> that, isn't it? Uh, um yeah terrific wasn't it in terms of you know clean we were saying saying a minute ago about as a bowler i think the thing with will smead now is bowlers will be so intimidated at bowl, you know, if if you are a bowler coming to Taunton or facing Somerset in, that in the next couple of weeks, wow, are you going to be like, oh my goodness? Mm-hmm. Because you know that doesn't matter how well you bowl, if he is on form, he can take you apart. And I was I was sort of half keeping an eye on the knots game because Alex Hales was doing something similar for knots, and I'm think I thought afterwards, Will Smead in his really second serious full season of T20 cricket is at least on a par if not better than a guy who frankly should leaving everything aside should be first name on the team sheet in the england t20 batting lineup leaving all other hmm. you know pure ability let's leave yeah. all the politics and yeah. whatever out. <laughs> and when you think that you think my goodness how far has he come in such a short time and you know without wanting to damn him with faint uh, with too much praise what is the limit for him because he's he's the sort of guy that you know, 150 in a team 20 innings. You know, if he'd have kept going, if we'd have had the 20 overs, a couple more of those mm. overs like he had, wow, you just you just frightened you where he's going to get to, doesn't it? I think it's going to be really interesting moving into the record because I think he's he's almost come under the, you know, I wouldn't say he's come under the radar this, this summer, but I think he's 
he's he's now very well established as one of the better players in the tournament. And I think, make no mistake about it, he is going to be the first name when it comes to the opposition's analyst teams looking at it, 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 how to prevent Somerset from from scoring runs. He's going to be the first name that they can. All the opposition bowlers are going to be looking at traps and dismissals on the video footage. So. Um, it is going to be really fascinating to see now how how he's how he's bowled at, bowled to in the next I don't know five six games because it doesn't to me on the face of it look like any bowlers have really learnt yet how to how to bowl him they're, they're still mm-hmm. seem like bowl short and on mm-hmm. bowl short and, it, and and I do I don't think Glamorgan bowled at all well on on Friday you know I think to take nothing away from from how Somerset batted but I thought the Glamorgan bowlers were were, were Bowl very few balls in in areas that couldn't be couldn't be hit. So um, yeah, I think it's going to be really really interesting to see how how bowlers start to develop develop plans and how he can counter that himself. It's extraordinary though that such a talented cricketer batsman can't get into the red ball side. And, uh, is there serious consideration, Ben, given his form in white ball cricket, of including him in the side to play Surrey? It's a good question. I, I I wouldn't have thought so. Um, you know, I, I I really think that they they do see it as totally separate. Um, you know, now, now maybe given what happened in the last Rebel game, you know, maybe it, it has got to the stage where they need to try something totally different in in with the Rebel. But I, I don't know. But um, I would be amazed if he if he makes his first class debut on the against Surrey. Um, Shame, isn't it? When you think of Alex Hales, um, you know, it, and um, Jason Roy, you know, Jason Roy's a, a more than decent red ball cricketer. I suppose they. But, you know, <clears throat> he's impetuous, he gets himself out, but I don't know. Is, is Matt Renshaw going to be available for the uh, Surrey game, four day game? No, it's the one he misses. He's in Sri Lanka for until well, the. Why don't we try uh, Will Smead as, you know, a. <laughs> Oh, you've frozen, Anthony. I'll complete your sentence. Oh, no, why, don't, why don't we try Will Smead with Tom Nallenby a... at the top of the order? Ooh. Well, we. I mean, I, I guess the the interesting thing is that I think Riley Rousseau could, in theory, replace Matt Renshaw um, if 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 they were so inclined. I know Riley played Red Bull cricket for Hampshire when when he was uh, when he was when he was over here. So um, potentially Riley could. Ben, if you're if you're looking for an opener, and you know, eighteen months ago we would have all said that Will Smead was going to be primarily a Red Bull player. You know, I remember when he got that eighty odd against Gloucestershire at Taunton, and Anthony saying, you know, on comms he was a bit surprised then because he'd seen him as a Red Bull player. The, mm-hmm. the guy's confidence must be sky high. What's to be, you know, being brutal about it? I know we're jumping ahead a week, but what is to be lost by saying to Will Smith, do you know what, go and open and just see what happens because his confidence would be sky high if he fails twice it's not the end of the world realistically and I don't think it's going to affect his mindset when he tees up against Whiteball in the next week or so so to me it's a win-win and I was thinking ahead as you were talking Ben, if James Rue comes into the side say uh, soon because of his exams being over and they give him a chance say in the t20 so that banton doesn't have to keep wicket or something you know it's the same analogy that you could say oh let's let's try him in a bit of red ball cricket by the way we, we always talk about the younger brothers i think james drew's younger brother's a bit special after what he did for st andrews on saturday yeah 14 isn't he so uh, mm. Sixty odd, not out. Fourteen, <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, yeah. So I, I would, I would go with you, Anthony. You know that I've been advocating giving him the chance. So I would definitely have him in my side for Surrey. I suppose the issue with Will Smead is that he hasn't really scored any Red Bull second eleven runs, any meaningful runs. Nope. I think he's maybe got a couple of thirties this year. So I mean, he could be a big occasion player. You know, I mean, Marcus. Didn't score. Well, if you don't, if you don't try it, we're never going to find out, are we? You know, it, and no, it doesn't. The rest of the, you know, the, you know, the rest of the bass, bassing has been 
absolutely top draw after getting bowled out against. I know, but you, you could say, I mean, Lewis Goldsworth, you could quite easily say, well, I scored 190 odd in in the second eleven game a few weeks back. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I did all right last year. Surely I but should I be. Have him in, I wouldn't have him in for Lewis Goldsworth. I'd have him in for Renshaw, who isn't available. I think that the, the the smart money would be on Ben Green coming back into open. I think that's that is probably the where that if you were to place odds on it, I would say that would be where they'd likely likely go. But but it, you know, I think that there's a really interesting you know there's George Bartlett still. There's Goldsworthy and 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 James Rue as well as Will Smead. So that you know, there's talking about Smead, but there's a lot of op- opportunities available potentially for for some young players to come in and and, and take yeah, place. Ben Green had come in for Craig Overton shortly. I mean, his Ben Green's place in, in the batting order is seven or eight. He's not an opening batsman with the, with the best will in the world. He's a very fine all-round cricketer, but he should be coming in. Seven or eight, and Craig will be with England presumably, unless they really. Well, I don't think they are. Well, they might release him, I suppose, but I think it's unlikely. Mm, so um, that, that second test starts on Friday, and the Championship game yeah. starts on the Sunday. So Sunday, yeah. um, it's possible, not, I suppose. I've not had any any rumblings about anybody with Ma- Matthew Potts or Broaden Anderson picking up any niggles or anything at Lords. So you would assume they would stick with the same side. It just depends how. Um, yeah. How inflexible the other they want to be. The question is whether Jack Leach will be retained or whether we'll have him back after his oh, talk about bad luck on Thursday. He might not be. He might not be cleared to play anyway. It was seven days. The report was he was. It was a seven-day absence. So they might see him playing in a championship game starting Sunday. Yeah, and, seven days would be yeah. the ninth. So yeah, Thursday. So he should be clear of that. To, to come back well I, I would have thought they would have they would pick him for the test side ahead of Parkinson who didn't really pull up any trees up at Lords I know it wasn't a particularly spin friendly deck but the um, the word around the uh, around the circuit or the, the word around the uh, the commentators and, and everybody seemed to be that Parkinson just really bowls it too slow for test match cricket and also Jack Leach has done absolutely nothing wrong since he came back into the no, side no. in the West Indies. So and he's well well for but Somerset Ian, this season. You are you are making that fatal mistake. You are applying logic to the England selection process. Oh damn it. <laughs> done it again. Done it again. Is that why they're buying Holly Pope at three instead of Tom Abel? Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Let it go. Oh, we can't let it go. We, we've got to hit 10... Th- Joe, Joe Root got his 10,000 test runs. We need 10,000 ECB conspiracy theories by the end of the season. <laughs> Dan's sending his email in German this week, by the way. <laughs> Who's he sending it to, though? That's the question. Rob Key or uh, Gordon Hollins? Anyway, moving on. Um, right, so T20's done. Um... How's, how's the figures on can the line? Just, can oh, I just, sorry. sorry. Can sorry, I just Steve. round off that it was a really good weekend for us in the South group without us playing? Because pretty much every result went our way in terms of those teams that were up and around us. So, you know, Surrey got rained off at Glamorgan. Mm. You'd have oh, expected Surrey to win. You'd expect Surrey to win, even though Jamie did some damage, I believe. Um, but... Sussex lost and then won, Middlesex lost. So it was quite nice that that when I was looking and thinking we could be fourth a couple of points behind, it looks now as if we shouldn't be that adrift position. I think we're still mm-hmm. second, aren't we, at the moment? So that was good. And, of course, our net run rates come back round after what happened against Sussex. Yeah, so the uh, the South Group table, Surrey are uh, played five, uh, nine points. Somerset in second played five, eight points. Middlesex in third played five, six points. Sussex uh, played six, six points. Interesting that the two sides in third and fourth, we only have to play them once this year, mm-hmm. which is the same as last year. I thought they'd mix it up a bit, but mm. obviously got the Gloucesters uh, in fifth with uh, five points from five games, then Essex five from five, Glamorgan five from six, and uh, the two bottom sides. Last year's champions... Kent with two points from six <laughs> games and last year's defeated semi-finalists thanks to Josh Davey, Craig Overton and Ben Green with two points from their five games. So difficult to see Kent making uh, finals day again this year but uh, hopefully a couple more wins on Thursday against the Gloucesters and Friday uh, at home to Kent 
we'll see Somerset with, well, at least one foot in the quarterfinals, I'd have thought. Yep. Six six wins is usually enough. Good stuff. Right, um, moving on then. Um, I did see a few posts on social media this week about... Um, uh, rowdy crowd behaviour, particularly in the Somerset stand. We all know what the Somerset stand can get like on a on a Friday night um, when uh, when T Twenty games are going on. Um, I, I haven't been able to get to any of the T Twenty games this year. Ben Anthony, did you see anything sort of out of the? Uh... Well, it's the wrong side of the ground for me, and in my hermetically sealed commentary <laughs> cabin. Can't you see mean it's the wrong anywhere. side of the ground? You've got a direct line of sight right over there, Giver. He's got the yeah, sun in his eyes. Oh, <laughs> the sun, sun directly in your eyes. <laughs> you just about see the stand and, and the retirement apartments, and that's about it. So, I mean, I, I don't know. People, people have told me that um, they've felt very uncomfortable. Um, ordinary people who've, who've found themselves without really knowing where to, where to sit. They've found themselves in the Somerset stand, and it's been really quite unpleasant. And I think I think the club needs to get a grip of it before it if, before it gets a bad reputation. Bristol's almost as bad, but you know I think both both county clubs need need to get a grip on bad behaviour. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think Somerset are unique in this. Um, no, they're not, but they're this. one of the worst. I think. <laughs> I think there's um, there there is a you know it's a it's a really really big big thing for for, for all the counties. I think um, coming out of COVID, I think we. We are seeing a trend of, of, of worse behaviour at sporting events since since the, the pandemic has ceased its effect on on attendances. Um, I know that it's a really, really, really um, high priority for the club to ensure that you know the, the, the atmosphere is you know it's, it, it is sometimes a fine balance between. Um, but but I know all of our head of health and safety and the security teams have been. Um, really working hard over those, those two home games, and, and there were some there were some quite tough punishments handed out to a few individuals. So, um, yeah, the, the 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 thing is, they like to do it quite discreetly. Um, it's is actually part of of what they what the sort of stewards are trained to do now is to deal with a lot of people very discreetly. So actually, a lot of people have kind of made the assumption that we're not actually doing anything when it's actually the opposite, and we are dealing with a lot of people and, and making so, sure so rather than sort of 20 stewards jumping into a block they're kind of waiting for yeah. somebody to go to the toilet and then just kind of discreetly escorting them from the ground yeah just I, I think it's just the modern way of, of trying to ensure that people you know it doesn't grow out of proportion and then become sort of a us versus them sort of crowd sort of pile on I guess but um, but yeah I, I know there's there's all sorts of stuff um, going on, Gordon, our chief executive, is, is working really, really hard with with all sorts of stakeholders to ensure that, that the ground is a is a really um, good balance between people having a nice time and if, and, and 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 yes, you know, it, it, you know, I think T Twenty cricket is is slightly different to in the audiences that it brings in, and, and but it's a really important balance that people can feel comfortable and people can take families, and you know, it's creating that. That real family environment, as well as a an environment where people can have a few ciders and enjoy it. So, yeah, it's it's certainly not an exclusive Somerset problem. It, you know, I've, I've seen footage from all over the country. I saw some pretty nasty scenes at Edgebast and what it, Headingley. You know, are you talking was, about the one where the guy next to the pint falls over and then the next video is him getting stretched out? Yeah, it's yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, it, it is a it is a something that that, that that everyone's working really, really hard on to ensure that the, the balance is is spot on and that people feel feel like they're they're coming to a very safe, family friendly environment. I mean, I I took my um, <clears throat> I took my three year old daughter up to the uh, the quarter final uh, against Lancashire last year. We we sat in the Somerset stand and uh, didn't see any problems at all. And I'm just wondering if. The way that tickets would have been sold for the quarterfinal, you would have had a lot of. Um, I'm not a white ball member. I'm just a just a championship and fifty over member. But I think the members window. A lot of members would have bought those tickets, and would have populated a bigger section of the ground. Whereas with the the more casual fan going to the group stages, I think you you will see more of. The, I don't want to say people who don't know how to behave at cricket, but you know what I mean. The people who think, oh, let's go along on there on a Friday night. We'll you know, we'll start in town at two o'clock in the afternoon, and then by the time half past nine comes around, they're absolutely 
six sheets to the wind. So, yeah, yeah. I it it's a minority, yeah. but yeah. but that would be enough to spoil people's evenings, and and that's yeah. we, you know we we need to make we, sure. Just to give a, a comparison, we went into Liverpool on the Saturday lunchtime of the Champions League final, and there's the several squares, but one square concert square, which is just like a very it looks like a very European square with a few bars and whatever around. And at half past 12, it was absolutely banging. Mm-hmm. But the atmosphere was brilliant. You know, there was there was people carrying their 24 packs of beers down in and whatever. But we left, well, I came home, we left at about 4.35. And by then there were people who had started mm-hmm. at half past 12. And you're like, they're not even going to watch the game here. So that is a you know, and that's no slight on Liverpool fans or football fans or Somerset fans. It is just a society problem. But, yeah, I mean, I've got to be honest, much as I'm desperate to get down to a T20 game and, and fit that in this season, that does worry me because I'm not somebody who copes very well with that. And I, I'm not saying I get anxiety about it, but, you know, I would... I sort of try. I'd be anxious if I thought someone's got to puke over my shoulder, Steve. Don't worry about that. No, no, but it's just I'm not. I'm not great in crowds, and I'm. Well, I'm thinking, make sure you get a seat in the Ondaatje stands because they, you know, they are alongside the commentary yeah. box, mm-hmm. and people there do have a really good time, and and you know, yeah, I know, really I enjoy know. the cricket and don't get blind drunk, and it's not necessary to get blind drunk in order to enjoy a game of cricket. And, and there was a question on Twitter about if we expanded the ground, you know, what crowd could you get? And and that that was one of the considerations, you know, if, if we are selling out or we're doing really well on tickets, can you expand? And then I went, no, stop, stop, because actually Taunton is a cricket ground. And although the club has developed the stadium superbly in the last 10, 15 years, it worries me that if, say, the, the, the Trade Nation stand was expanded and made permanent and made something like a hideous uh, old trafford or whatever we'd start losing the the feel of the ground so i think the challenge is to keep that feel and that intimacy while making incremental gains to the capacity but you accept the people there who want to get blind drunk and not enjoy the cricket the thing is to almost to find a, an area you know the anti on gimlet's hill sort of area <laughs> so that it is confined in there i suppose but you know, it's Stick it on a big screen in Firepool car park. Call it the Pisshead Stand. <laughs> <laughs> you certainly wouldn't want to name it after a legend, would you, Anthony? No, no definitely not. <laughs> uh, just a couple of uh, couple of listeners' questions there, but um, just quickly to go back to that, there is there should be information on your ticket and on your membership card if you do see anything um, untoward that you need the stewards to get involved with. Um, I think you can you can text the stewards, you can call, or you just go and find a steward. And I think, as Ben says, you may not have seen them dealing with it, but I don't think any I don't think any of them are going to go. Oh well, tough tough to ease. It's twenty twenty. Deal with it. I think you know they will do their best to try and deal with the problem. Deal with the problem. Yeah, it's a good point. There is a little sort of I think it's six zero seven 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 or something. A little string. Of well, I think you're right, Ben. Text and it and, and it, it will just go straight through to the security guys. So. Um, yeah, you know it's 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 really important that we get this right. So. Good stuff, right? Um, couple of points there. The tactical retirement. So, big old Samit Patel, who's not the nimblest between the wickets, retired out <coughs> off the last ball of the knots innings to allow a quicker runner to come in. I think they needed three off the last ball. Um, I think Carlos Brathwaite did that as well because the last over was going to be well by a leg spinner and his. His matchups, which is the buzzword in T20, isn't or aren't as good against leg spinners. Uh, I think Sam Hain came in and replaced him. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Then is that in the quote unquote no, spirit of the wrong. game? Completely against the spirit of cricket, shouldn't be allowed. Oh, go on! It, I mean, we all know from past experience about you've got someone who's holding things up, you get him run out. You know, it happened <laughs> yeah. to Jeff. Jeff Jeffrey Boycott in the Test match in New Zealand, when when both of them ran him out because he was a, he was an obstacle in the way of of England's victory, and it happens in club games all the time. And retiring is just another way of you know getting moving the game on. In my in my view, and it's harder in the second innings. But Brathwaite, if he wants to retire, that's fine. He plays no further part in the game. 
simple as now how you and, and you'd have to have a rule like you can't have retirements in the last five overs or three overs of the final innings but to me it is wrong it is wrong and i know what anthony says but that was blatant yesterday absolutely mm. blatant you know because mm. you you extend that forward a little bit and you are going to you know you're going to have this so the stats say that somerset batsman x is very poor against left arm sussex are going to bring their two left arms back for the last four overs like we're retiring man that you know if he wants to hit mm -hmm. the ball up just swing and whatever that's fine yeah, go, go for it. You know, almost try and get yourself out. I think once, you, once you retire out, you can't you can't come it. in and bat again. So there is there is that it's, element it's to still, it. It's a wicket. It counts as a wicket. You know, mm -hmm. I, I yeah, quite like the experiment they did in the big bash where you change the where you could change the team halfway yeah. through. But would would bat would a batter not feign injury then if if they weren't you know? They yeah, you could do that. Yeah, of course you could. Yeah. So but that, I, I would say that's not in the spirit of the game if if you're feigning yeah, an injury. No, but but that if you're... wouldn't count as a wicket. That wouldn't mm. count as a wicket. So you'd be gaining an unfair advantage. But if you if the rules were that you had to retire out and then that took you out for the whole game, well, the whole the whole of the innings, I suppose. I don't see, I don't see what's wrong with it. No, I, I mean, so. I tactics. I'm being an old curmudgeon, but it just really, it, you know, you you just. And I totally respect your opinion, Nancy. But when I saw it, it immediately made me feel bad. I, I just—that's how I feel, and I can't. I'm, you know, I'm not going to apologise for how I feel. I just think it's—you know—we go back to Worcester in 1979. <laughs> I didn't feel at all comfortable with that. You know, when it happened, and my frustration was I just finished an exam. I didn't have one the next day, so I was going to be able to follow the Somerset game. And I felt deprived of a game of cricket that afternoon. But we all know in our heart of hearts that it wasn't really, I'm, saying, I'm going to sound really old now, but I am really old, the right thing to do. That and was, if you aren't familiar with what Steve's talking about, it's when Brian Rose declared against, was it Worcester? Worcester. In a one-day one one 50 over game. They couldn't improve their, um, their uh, run rate. So that meant that, some, that Somerset qualified. I think weren't we yeah. subsequently chucked out the competition or something like that. I mean, we were. We were. Yes, yeah. we were chucked out. Yeah. But I, I mean, I suppose <clears throat> there's the rules of the game and the spirit of the game. And I, I mean, the, the one I sort of think of is is something that happened to me in a in a club game well, about ten fifteen years ago. Was um, second eleven cricket. You get a variety of ages. And there was an old guy batting. He must have been about fifty five sixty. Did a hamstring. And he's batting with a kid who's about 18, 19. So he, he says, can I have a runner? Okay, fine. So another 18, 19-year-old kid comes in. And all of a sudden, with this guy who's, you know, he would struggle to make it up for, for a single a normally. Yeah, so he just hits one. And then he just watches these two whippets you know, get three <laughs> where he'd barely get one. That, to me, is against the spirit of the game. But if it's in the... It's like mancading. It's in the laws. Deal with it. Stay in your ground. If you can retire, and I think if you, you know, yeah, I agree with you. I, I mean, I mean they, and with the Brian Roasting, they changed the rules the year after, so you couldn't declare a one-day game. So, to my mind, the the Brian Rose thing is well, the um, the powers that be should have had the foresight to see something like this happening and go, hold on a minute, what if in the last group game there's a side who's blah 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 blah? Oh yeah, let's ban declarations and let's nip this problem in the bud before it even happens. Rather than well, retrospectively going, Brian, oh, Brian Rose actually rang up the TCCB before he made the decision to ask them if there was anything in in the laws to to stop him doing it. He did. I remember reading really, that there was nothing. Was a very good book about Brian Rose. I read recently. Excellent book <laughs> that I read about Brian Rose <laughs> recently. Tells the story very well. Who Cap wrote that? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Who was it? There it is. <laughs> <Hey>! <laughs> oh. Should we all get our copies of Rosie out? I don't know where mine's gone. It's not on my bookshelf. It should be under G next to West Countryman, but I don't know where it's gone. Um, I yes. think I agree with you, Shep. I mean, if if they you know if they want to change the change the laws, then then fair enough. But as as it stands, I don't have a problem with it. It's a wicket. Mm. You're effectively giving the opposition a wicket. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's very unselfish in terms of the fact that your average is going to take a yeah. take so. a hit. So, you know, you'd have to be fairly comfortable in your own skin to, to take your hit on your average. Yeah, and I, I think as well, it's you just go back and things happen in cricket and they're innovative and people go, oh, is that legal? Is that not legal? Well, it doesn't say anything against it in the laws. And if, you know, the powers that be, the MCC, ICC, whoever, ECB, decide that actually this is bad for the game, 
they'll put a law into stopping. You know, look at well, let's say Brian Rose, look at, at Tresfield and on his knees, um, the switch hit, um, mancading. That's mancading's been clarified now, hasn't it? So. Exactly, it's a perfectly legitimate way of getting out, especially with TV replays. And you know, how often do you see a batsman getting getting hoed by an inch, and he might have stolen that you know inch six inches um, when he was backing up? So it's all it's all fair game as far as I'm concerned right let's just go through the notifications I'll ignore the ones that we've had for the last hour because we are not spending another 45 minutes talking about that again <laughs> um, uh, one from Simon Anko is Tom Abel sticking to a predetermined plan for death bowling on Friday Davey uh, was least economical of the bowlers I think we covered that um, uh, the one you just mentioned from Simon again about if we had a bigger ground etc uh, etc et what could we do then more about that thing that we're definitely not going to discuss again because we know we're right Gibbo <laughs> and uh, one from Jacob Lund what impact do you think the 100 is having on ticket sales and pricing in the ground probably not too much not much down here um, I mean we're right. all we're all obviously massive supporters of our local 100 franchise, which is in another country. Um, but I suppose for the big... I mean, I don't know. Have you heard much about the sort of the test match venues and seen how, how full they sorry, are? Had 60, sorry, he had 16,500 last week, which is for a midweek game, which is pretty good. Yeah, sorry. Tuesday night game. I think, I think it is concerning. There's no doubt about that. I think, you know, what we get... Um, sent a report actually we had the, the latest report come through only about an hour ago and it tells you um, the percentage capacities of all the grounds so I, I'll read it out if you like because it's quite interesting um, so mm. out of all the grounds um, so currently um, Somerset 76% capacity so that's that's where we currently stand obviously we've had a couple of games that haven't been sold out but well on track for, for, for most of the rest to be sold out that's just out. in the blast is it then? This is yeah. just a blast, yeah, yeah. So all ticket sales. So we've sold twenty three thousand seven hundred and fourteen tickets for for the blast. Surrey also seventy six percent. Worcester sixty six percent. Essex fifty eight percent, and Middlesex fifty four percent. But that includes well, that's dropping quite rapidly mm. as you go. That's only fifth place, isn't it? Yeah. So that. So, but there's there are some grounds that 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 you know are not. You know, there's most of them are less than fifty percent full. Well, Hampshire looked absolutely dead for our game last week, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Hampshire again, admittedly, have a much bigger stadium. They, they, they're, they're doing okay, forty-six percent, forty-six. But but in, if you look at our twenty-three thousand tickets sold, there's only there's only Middlesex, Surrey, um, and Birmingham Bears that have sold mm. more advanced tickets so than you, some of. If you're talking about tickets sold, does that include the members' allocation as that, well? That includes um, members that have got allocations of of white ball ticket. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, that 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 doesn't include walk ups on the gate. Um, so yeah, the, the, Somerset are doing very very well. I, I, I said the ground looked more than three quarters full from the the streams that I've seen. So yeah. That's kind of advanced how does, sales. How does, is it? Crucial question, as Steve would say, would know, as an accountant. Is how does that compare with last year? Do we know? Well, I mean, I guess the the, the most accurate way is to compare it to twenty nineteen, and yeah, uh, you like know, yeah, yeah. And I think I think there that you know there has there has been a dip this year. I think the Jubilee games have been really difficult to sell. Um, we've noticed a, a really you know a lot of competition for people's time over that mm. Wednesday. Friday, the ground was about sort of 85, 90% full for both those games, which is still okay, but, but we, we don't want, we want 100%. Um, the Kent game on Friday is looking like a sellout. The Gloucester game is a sellout. Um, and then we'll see where we're at with the, the last two. But I think, I think definitely, you know, we're seeing a lot of competition on people's time this, this summer compared to 2019. I think we're seeing the, the earlier start to the tournament potentially having an impact um and i think we're also seeing you know the, the fact that in 2019 we had the cricket world cup you know we had um a lot of cricket was on you know we had the ashes it was an ashes year so yeah i mean it, 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 there's obviously a lot of external factors to it but 
you know, I, I do think that the last this year the numbers are slightly down compared to. to There's what? also the external factor that we got to accept. People haven't got the disposable income. You know, you know, hundred. If you're going to take a family along, and the amount you have to pay, it's, it's you know a lot of people. Tight, budgets are tight, and you may not be able to go to three games. You might only be able to go to two. Say, perfectly understandable. It doesn't mean you don't want to go. No. No. Oh, well, interesting. Yeah, and I think I'm going to have Can to I love you, say you before you go, Anthony. Yeah. Commentators curse Alex Hales is at first ball for Knox tonight. So let's hope <laughs> my compar- comparing him and Will Smee doesn't come off as a parallel this week, now. Yeah, absolutely. Be good to beat the Gloucesters on Thursday, wouldn't it? Oh, absolutely. Be lovely. Um, Radio. Excellent. Cheers, nice to see you. We'll, we'll, Thanks, uh, we'll see you catch up with you. Uh, catch up with you next week. Um, yeah. So the side, the championship side for Sunday. That. Oh, sorry. Just go back to what you were saying, Steve. It does it kind of gore you as well that the hundred is being massively subsidised mm. as well in competition to the county game. Well, the other thing that annoys me is I was watching, or I put the second half of the Wales Ukraine game on last night, and they did their. And, you know, there's no football, but there is other sport that exists. And it was the Open and a bit of tennis here and there and something else. And the 100 in August. And mm. it's like, you know, there is actually, guys, there is cricket before August, you know, other than test cricket. And it's almost like this. Dan was saying last week about this, they cover less games on Sky on T20 now because of the, the new TV contract. How many times have they re-run the last three games of the IPL? No. It's just, I'd I'd love to sit down and watch a T20 game and put a bit of it on every evening. Just not doing it. I know we've got the streams. But, yeah, it really, really winds me up. And, you know, it's a great credit to Ben and Evan at Somerset that we're holding up as well as we are. And that, from what Ben said, that figure's only going to increase with, you know, you're averaging 76% and you've got 200s coming. That's... 100%, 100%, it's not 100 games, by the way, then mm-hmm. that's going to increase the average, isn't it? So Yeah, yeah. definitely. So. T20s now, but you know, I think once the tournament's, and I think winning winning on Sky first up was, was useful for us, you know, I think that, you know, Kent, unfortunately, you know, having that first game at home on Sky, speaking to their their team, and, and, and you know, they, they were, you know, we, we got, we had, that was a good boost of, you know, not only playing on Sky, but, but winning on Sky, and, and a few mm-hmm. days before our campaign kicked off at Taunton so um yeah this it's been you know we you know the Somerset fans have been brilliant in in, in supporting the T20s this year and I, you know I think we can, we can get that sell out on Friday I think there's a couple of hundred tickets left for Friday we get that get that sell out lost the game sold out and then we're into the you know last couple of games then so uh, yeah all, all, all very good good stuff um I think for the championship game or so well I mean for the those next two games I assume that Craig will be um, off up with England on Thursday mm-hmm. and Friday maybe back for Sunday we're not quite sure um, does Lewis come back in automatically for him do you think uh, for me it's, it's, it's a no brainer I'd like to see him up the order though it was baffling why he was he was batting down at 11 in um, what was it the Sussex game this seemed very strange considering he'd done pretty well at the, Br- at the Bristol top of the you would expect him to play wouldn't you because he's done mm. well at Bristol and Cardiff in the past yeah um, yeah so you, you, that, you that would be the logical chances the other option is Jack Brooks comes in and then you you know no disrespect to Brooksy but you lose something with the batting then mm. don't you so you know I, yes I think Taunton might be a different call depending on how the pitch looks and Whatever, but you know, Lewis Gro- Lewis Goldsworth, he takes five for not many on at Bristol on mm-hmm. uh, Thursday night. You couldn't then leave him out, could you? Happy so. days, yeah. Um, Max has got a bit of a busted thumb as well, which he sustained in the Sri Lanka game last week. Do you know? Is he going to be back fit? And I'd like yeah. to. See him, I really would like to see him back in the squad because I think he deserves a, a really good send off. Yeah, pretty but, progressive. I've, I've heard so. Yeah, I think. Just, they're just waiting on exact sort of timescales to, to determine whether, whether he. Uh, but yeah, I think I think it's you know it's certainly not a you know season over job or anything like that. I think he's uh, he's well on the road to, to recovery. Good stuff. And just one last thing to, to finish. Ben, I saw behind the wyvern was uh, was back on our streaming. 
uh, services last week through YouTube and, and everything else. Not going to mention the name. We're not going to mention that tonight. But we, I would, I would really like to see some of the good stuff. For example, being in the dressing room after the Hampshire game, being pulled out for for sort of sixty nine and twenty five overs, and the the teacups flying around or whatever. I mean, where do you kind of get after kind of pick and choose your moments, or is it kind of just you give Ollie Sale the camcorder and it's kind of off you go? So yeah, it's just for T twenty. So okay. so it's um, so it's just 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 on on the T twenties that we're doing it. Um, yeah, pretty much. Like o- o- Ollie and a few of the others have taken. So what, last year it was Ollie that was sort of taking the primary lead. Um, this year it, it's now a, a trio of, of, of Ollie, Tom Lammerby, and Ben Green. Um, so the three of them are taking over, taking that kind of directorship. Um, we, yeah, we can get obviously. I kind of sit in the background and, and look at themes and, and kind of look at how we can work with the coaches to make sure that you know. So. Um, yeah, it's a cool little, cool little operation that we've got. They, they, they are under no illusions that, that anything that gets, they have final sign off on anything that mm. goes in, but they've all been brilliant with allowing stuff to go in, and it is totally raw. There's nothing in there that that is like staged or anything, and that's why the one thing you'll never see in there until we win something is Blackbird, because that, that is a coach's ritual that they do not want Blackbird going up publicly unless we win a tournament. Um, so you know that is the one thing you'll never see in there is is you, you'll see all the, the huddles and the mm-hmm. team tactics and all that stuff, but you won't see Blackbird until we win it. So there you go. Hopefully, we'll be seeing it soon. <laughs> so in terms of that, then it was it wasn't a kind of a Ollie. If you come in here with that camcorder, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna chuck you down the stairs. The Andy Gallup Pavilion after the Hampshire game, just purely that it, it it's just not being done for the champ for the Champo games. It's just for for just the T20. T20. And if there is a disaster, complete disaster in the T20, we'll get that. We'll get that warts and all. Not that there's going yeah. to be one, obviously, but you know, yeah, and we saw it. Saw it last. You know, it was really interesting last year because the first episode we filmed, they lost. I think if, if you guys remember the first two games, we got absolutely destroyed in the blast last year. And the, you know, Surrey, I think, came to Taunton and absolutely wiped the floor mm-hmm. with us. And they and we and the coaches were brilliant. And leave, you know, we filmed the players, you know, chucking their bats down. Jason Kerr was going off on, mm-hmm. and Lewis Gregory said, "I remember you know, that." Yeah, up in the. Um... Uh, in the long room, yeah. Helen Atkinson, yeah. So, yeah, the, I think I think they're you know we're we're, we're very aware that you know if we, if we were to go through some tough moments, that's that's part of it. You know, it's not a, not just a happy clapping sort of um, look how great we are sort of mm. fun and games sort of thing. It is a it is kind of their their story of how, how it goes. So uh, yeah, we'll, hopefully there's not going to be too major sort of <laughs> um, adversity, but um, you know. Yeah, you know, very much doubt they're going to go through the whole competition with it all sort of uh, all going their own way. So it'll be interesting to see it. Good stuff. Right. Um, I'm glad that's cleared up. Then I hate to think there's any sort of censorship going on or anything like that. Um, but to just yeah, just not for the Champo games. Fair do. <laughs> Radio. So um, yeah, best of luck to Tom and the boys uh, wearing the dragon uh, proudly on uh, Thursday up at the Gloucester up at. Uh, up at the Unique Seat Stadium and um, at home uh, a rocking Taunton on Friday night and then Championship game starts Sunday I think I'll be up for the Championship game I can't make um, Friday night but uh, for uh, Anthony who's off doing more interesting things probably seeing if Boris Johnson won that photo no confidence or not and for Steve and Ben great to have you on again Ben thanks for uh, for jumping thank in you, um, thank and, you uh, yeah, um, best of luck to Tom and the boys and we'll catch up with you next time